Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from the Smoothie King Center, where the final stretch begins for the New Orleans Pelicans. 12 to go, starting tonight against the Houston Rockets. I'm Sean Kelly. Glad you're with us. It's beautiful outside today here in New Orleans and all along the Gulf South. Hope this finds you well. No Appointment Radio is uh, ready to go. We've got a very busy show for you. I don't want to waste a whole lot of time in our first segment other than to say that the Pelicans um, are kind of in a must-win situation. They'll look to win over the Rockets for the third time this season tonight. If they do so, they'll win the season series over the Rockets for the first time since the 2010-11 season. These are all good things. Uh, Dwight Howard, if you're coming to the game tonight, Dwight Howard is now expected to play for the Rockets, and the Pelicans look more healthy than they did out west as well. So keep those things in mind. 7 o'clock tip-off tonight. Pelicans um, certainly on our minds when David Wesley stops by in a moment for a Wesley Wednesday. We are going to talk about tonight's game. We're going to talk about what the Pelicans need to do here down the stretch, and we also have a number for you. David and I kind of did a little work this morning. We have we have a number. You may not like the number. You may say, okay, the number's good. But there is a number that I want you to leave today's Black and Blue Report with as you watch things develop over the last uh, two and a half weeks of the regular season. So that's where we stand on Pelicans today. Saints-wise, good stuff. Thanks to John DeShazer and Justin Stout from NewOrleansSaints.com. They deliver some audio from Sean Payton this morning in Arizona at the NFL owners meeting so that's that's pretty fresh for you coach Payton uh, will hit on a couple of topics we can't give you the entire the entire session because it runs for almost an hour but uh, we're going to give you some of the highlights of that we may do a little bit more tomorrow um, we'll see because we're very very busy this uh, rest of the week as far as guests go and scheduling and whatnot and uh, a final thought or two from Tyreek Evans who should be back and ready to go tonight versus the Rockets We'll, uh, we'll leave you with that when we wrap up today's podcast. Competition committee uh, voted on a couple of things, nothing real drastic. You can check those out at NewOrleansSaints.com. Follow John DeShazer on Twitter as well. He's wrapping up his coverage from the NFL owners' meetings. 
Other than that, not a whole lot of news except for what we're going to play for you in just a moment. Head coach Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints will kick us off right up to this. Can't pay your bills because of gambling, missed car payments, credit card bills mounting? Do you have multiple payday loans because of your gambling? If you or your family is suffering from gambling problems, treatment services are available for Louisiana residents at no cost. Call now. It's free and confidential. 877-770-STOP or online at helpforgambling.org. A message from the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals Office of Behavioral Health. The playoff pushes on as your New Orleans Pelicans fight for the postseason. Join us this Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center for another guys' night out against the Houston Rockets. This ticket package includes two tickets, four beers, plus we'll throw in two free t-shirts, all for as low as $46. Grab your pals to get on board for guys' night out. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans television analyst David Wesley, Pelicans guard Tyreek Evans, all still to come here on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Smoothie King Center. I'm Sean Kelly. As promised, though, let's take you to Arizona. Thanks to John DeShazer and again Justin Stout. This just sent to us, and it's yours now, on the Black and Blue Report. A portion of Saints head coach Sean Payton earlier today with the media at the NFL owners' meetings. What, you, what you're looking to accomplish, uh, I know you're trying to rebound from 7-9, but what are you kind of looking to accomplish with all these moves? I, I think, um, look, I, I mentioned this the other day, the moves become or appear maybe more than normal whenever there's a trade because typically in the offseason there, there's some trade movement, but uh, not a lot. Um, I think... When the season's over with, Mickey and I sat down and you look closely at, all right, here's some musts that we've got to accomplish between now and then when the draft ends. And you've got to look at every way that you can possibly fill those musts. And, and so you have the draft, obviously, as a starting point. But then there's a chance at free agency. You know, and we've kind of been selective participants over the years in that, just depending on, you know, where we see a fit. And then lastly, uh, be a trade. And sometimes, sometimes in doing that, you look at, all right, you know, who are those type of players that would attract? There aren't a lot of players that get traded. Um, so I, I think going into the process, skeptical is not the word. I just would have been, you know, are we going to be able to get value where we consider equal value for a certain player? I mean, clubs are very guarded about, especially a first-round pick. Now, be it with regards to Jimmy, a pick that's later in the first round and a player that we identified. So there's kind of two checks there. You're, you're getting an, an interior lineman, which was one of these musts that we're discussing. You're also getting a first-round pick that hopefully you can help 
uh, put towards uh, one of your other needs or musts. Uh, obviously, we've got to get better on defense, and so there's 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 a give and take there, and obviously there's. Um, you know, that challenge of partnering with a real good football player like Jimmy. Uh, but he's one example. With the interior linemen, you know, both Gar, uh, both Jari and Ben Grubbs, you know, are, I wouldn't say similar and yet probably, you know, veteran-type players that, uh, you know, both you're going to examine closely and, and try to evaluate and look at the contract numbers. And, and there, you know, there was some trade talk with both those players. There was some interest on, on uh, there was some interest by other teams with respect to uh, a possible trade. And so sometimes, you know, you're forced to cut a veteran player and then he's able to see what the market is and, and then get, you know, get a price. With regards to Ben, we were able to make a trade with Kansas City. Mm -hmm. um, and the last trade was Kenny, you know, Kenny Stills, who's a young player for us. And yet again, we're, we were able to acquire a player on defense that we feel like we graded uh, as a guy that can really help us and again, acquire a pick. Um, but I think there was this, oh, this impression that hey, the, everyone's getting in it. There really weren't, I mean, there were probably four or five discussions with regards to other teams with possible trade options and it really shifted around, I mean it shifted around Jimmy mm -hmm. for about a period of a week. Um, Kenny Stills in the Miami discussions that was probably you know the better part of a week but outside of that you know whether it was the Chiefs with regards to Ben or, or Buffalo it was very limited discussions you know and so um, but all with the idea that we're able to identify hey what we need to do in the offseason and can we begin filling these boxes not only filling them but filling them with players that we want to fill them with well, if you, that makes sense yeah and you but you did some of these moves you left open some holes that you didn't have before like say Brandon Grubbs and Curtis Loft yeah but see yeah. those aren't those aren't holes we're not we're not moving a player if we feel like there's no. We feel we we feel like we've got a pretty good idea of how we're lining up. You know, we've got a center. We know it starts in the NFL. Lolito will play left guard. Jari Evans is at right guard. The same way at receiver. So, um, yeah, we we weren't looking to make a move that created another must. So we're just you guys are locked in with, with Evans then. That he's yeah got him yeah into that spot. yeah Jari will be Jari will play for us at right guard and I, and I think that uh, the structure of his contract with regards to this upcoming season I don't know that that's resolved in, in regards to how it's going to lay out because obviously we're up against the cap but Mickey's done a really good job especially with some of these you know some of these uh, acquisitions obviously the draft coming up you're going to need X amount of dollars for your rookie pool. Um, but yeah. I think. Listen, it was important for us to look closely at. Hey, it starts with you know Mickey and I said this at the start of the off season. You know, let's not lose track of 
why we've been successful and what's been good to us. And part of that is is putting highly motivated players in that locker room that care about each other. I mean, it's 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 something that seems so simple, and yet it's been our. It's not been our secret. It's just been our formula of getting the right type of guys that that uh, that are smart, tough football players. Um, that certainly will be an emphasis this offseason and, and going into the draft as well. Uh, what do you do when someone is critical, like Keenan Lewis came out? And, you know, yeah, that's part of the deal, though. Yeah. That that's always existed. It's just never been as visible. Right. Right. So. He was up in my office two days later, and that all went away. Is uh, Brandon Browner a guy that kind of has to be used in a specific way with, with his skill set? Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think I see him as, number one, I see him as our right corner. I see him as a bump-and-run player. I, so the, the closer he can be to the receiver, the better. Um, and, you know, Keenan, to some degree, I think is a press player as well. Uh, obviously, we've gotten bigger at that position. If, if you look at our division and you, and you just take a team, Tampa Bay, their size, Atlanta, their size at receiver, Carolina, probably more size at the receiver position in the, in the NFC South than any other division in football. And so you don't want to line up with 5A corners, you know, bump and run and, and bumping their knees. Um, so. So I think Brandon's uh, comfort zone certainly would be playing up in close to the line of scrimmage and look each week and you're looking at really six games, you know, that you're playing in the division. You know, you're going to see, you know, big receivers, big talented receivers. What about uh, Delvin Bro? What do you guys like about him? It's kind of an interesting story. You know, a lot of you guys um, won't be familiar with it, but uh, we signed a corner from the CFL this offseason. Uh, and it's, of course, he's from New Orleans, so it's spelled, what, B-R-E-A-U-X? Yeah. All right. Um, but he was a high school player, recruited heavily, signed a scholarship with LSU, um, and then sustained an injury his senior year. He actually fractured his, uh, his neck, um, went through an extensive rehab, wasn't able to pass a physical three years at LSU and then eventually still can't get an opportunity to play. Finally, he's cleared and he plays in a semi-pro league, I think locally, then is picked up by the, the arena team, um, plays for the Voodoo, gets picked up by a CFL team, goes up, uh, plays in the CFL for two seasons. And so he was down, he had 15 or 16 tryouts. He had a great workout with us. He's got great size, great hands. Um, just kind of an unusual journey as to how he got where he's at now. And, and uh, he's a local, a local player who uh, we signed probably about two months ago after his workout. I like him. I, I, he too is another big corner that I think can play at the line. Of course, Stanley, uh, John Baptiste, we drafted last year. We like this prospect. We knew when we drafted him it was going to be a, a, a developmental player. Um, I'm missing someone now, uh, Twin, uh, yeah, who's uh, another corner that played quite a bit last year, actually can run. Um, so we, we've got, a, I think, a good balance of young players and yet some veteran experience. Uh, Brandon's someone, though, that, that definitely is going to be playing 
up at the line of scrimmage. He and Keenan both. Could any of those guys figure into that, that nickel role, or is that kind of something you're still looking to? No, I think I think uh, I don't know. Look, when you study when you study Browner last year in New England, there's three corners on the field in their traditional nickel and they're they're just going to their matchup so sometimes it might bring them inside sometimes it brought them outside it was just how they were going to deploy uh, but yeah I think so in that group yes Sean, did you talk to Drew about specifically the Jimmy Graham situation because after yeah but what's your sense for how he was able to move on because he, he's a big target he's a, he's a tough matchup in the present. yeah sense for how he's well, one of the things, yeah, I think I think he's handling it uh, fine. I mean, I, listen, I think that when you go back through our history offensively and who we've had uh, at tight end and who we've had at receiver, you know, there's like one or two constants. But Drew's certainly one of the constants. We've had six or seven different tight ends in the nine years we've played. Um, running backs, guys that play that joker position for us, uh, our job is to make sure that we can, we look at this upcoming season. We get a guy like C.J. Spiller, and we say, all right, here's a target. You know, here's a weapon that we can use that's unique, uh, and and we've got to be able to be flexible enough. No different than we when we were able to draft Reggie Bush, and we weren't expecting that to happen. We changed a little bit what we were going to do. We'll do the same thing this year. Uh, number one, we feel confident in in Ben Watson, Josh Hill. A lot of you guys aren't even aware of. Uh, so we'll get our production from that position. We'll get it outside, and and, and that, that's the challenge about it every year. Making it work with Paulson to get him back, how important is that for the locker room just to have the continuity of? <clears throat> he's smart. He's team. tough. He can play the inside position as well. Um, no, I, it, with every decision, there's a there's got to be some vision. You know, so Marcus Colson, the vision coming up for 15. Uh, he's a guy that plays all three spots. There's a toughness about him. Uh, there's a size factor that obviously is a, is a big plus for us. Um, the same thing would apply with a player like Josh Hill with uh, one of these younger receivers. We have two practice squad receivers that no one would even know right now that we think are going to be involved in this year's plan. Um, so, yeah, when, when you lose a target like Jimmy, you know, obviously there's, there's some touches there you look at, and, and, but that's happened before. That's happened during the season with injury. That's happened with with other players and uh, the ball gets spread around and, and, and look uh, you know week by week you go in and say here's how we want to attack a team. Coach the Patriots signed Travaris Cadet. What kind of player are they getting out of him? He's uh, number one he's a real smart player. He's exceptional as a receiver. Um, his ability to run routes other than just from the running back route tree. He's someone that can jump in the receiver line and run out routes and run comebacks and, and actually uh, has experience doing that. So when he came to us as a free agent in 12, you know, he came the first week or two. He was in receiver meetings, receiver drills. Uh, he's exceptionally smart. He's a great teammate. Um, you know, he's someone we would have wanted to have back had we not were we not able to sign C.J. Spiller. Uh, but I would say his hands and his his football IQ are exceptional. I'm just going to jump on the grenade. Uh, jump on it. Drew Brees, trade chatter throughout the internet. What do you? You can't you control it. It's yeah. it's. What do you do when you when you when you? Th there's no truth to any of it. 
not there's not one like iota so if someone's written something like that then it's either been taken out of contest completely or just fabricated i think we're in an age where we're seeing a lot of speculative reporting as opposed to a story or you know speculation this might and then that you know if the fans reading it and they don't understand that then it holy cow i heard that this is going to happen so that that uh sooner or speculative or whatever you want to call it reporting uh can't affect us there's there's no truth to any of that he's a part of where we're going and we've got a number of areas we've got to improve on but his production and where we've been able to finish offensively uh those things will take care of themselves that's Saints head coach Sean Payton doing his job this morning with the media. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll turn our attention to basketball, get you ready for Pelicans and Rockets, and we'll start it off with David Wesley in just a moment. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition, and Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz, and we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Hi, I'm Lisa Albright. I'm 36 years old. I had the perfect life. It was everything I ever dreamed about until two weeks ago. I was standing in line at the grocery store, leaning over to empty my cart when I heard it. Mommy, why are her pants too big in the back? And that's when it hit me. I'm wearing mom jeans. Never again. I will look hot in yoga pants. That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Firm and Burn chocolate peanut butter smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get into those yoga pants. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Guess what day it is. Hump day. Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Dwight Howard probably going to play tonight at the Smoothie King Center as the Pelicans get set to take on the Houston Rockets. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Pelicans and Saints fans. It is Wednesday. That means a Wesley Wednesday. And here he is. David Wesley stops by our Smoothie King Center studios today as we get ready not only for uh, you, David, but for a basketball game tonight. A lot of things on the table here, my friend. I'm in the building. Yes, and, you are. And we're ready. I, I think it's, it's time to get this thing started. A tradition unlike any other. David Wesley here from Fox Sports New Orleans with us each and every Wednesday to talk all things Pelicans and NBA. Um, I would say that the road trip was a forgettable one for the Pelicans out west. They would love to forget that and uh, put themselves in a little bit of a hole, but uh, with 12 games left to go, uh, all's not lost. Before we talk about the Rockets and the Pelicans tonight, you want to talk about the, the 12 games left? You made, uh, your, you made a great chart, by uh, the way. 37-33, uh, 12 games left. Yep. Um, uh, and so let's, fra- let's frame this the right way. Who are we looking at first, I guess, well, on let's the look, chart? Let's look at OKC because they're in front. and You basically have the, the teams that are the ones we need to worry about. Right, so okay. New Orleans, Phoenix, 
and their schedule, Oklahoma City, their schedule, Dallas, and their schedule. Those are all the the players that, that, that could come into play. So for, for the seventh and eighth seeds, basically. Correct. Okay. So Pelicans at thirty seven wins, Phoenix at thirty eight wins, OKC at forty one wins, Dallas at forty five wins. So basically what we need to figure out now is what has to be done for each of these teams. What's the magic number? You want to get to the number? We we can we can talk about the magic number. Okay. Uh, how many wins? This is the number that we're talking about here. Um, for those of you that can't see David's chart, which would be everybody until <laughs> television tonight. So basically, what David has done, he's taken the chart and he's he's listed the four teams he just mentioned across the top with their records up to the minute, and then below each of those teams, he's now listed their remaining games. Like for instance, the Pelicans have twelve. There are 12 games listed under that. Phoenix 11, as he mentioned, Thunder 11, and Dallas 10. Dallas has done some good work here of late to probably put themselves in a position to not be on David's list. But it's still there, and seventh seed is still in play. So this makes sense. Well, I put them in there because they were on the original chart. And in the original chart, you started looking at Dallas's record. And they had a really good chance of falling. They weren't playing well, weren't getting along, a lot of news. But like you said, they've won some games. So now they probably shouldn't be on the chart, but here they are. Yeah, and so this chart, he, he shows up at shoot-around with this morning. Pelicans shoot-around at the Smoothie King Center. And he pulls this out, and I'm like, that's perfect. Because literally since we were all out west, we've all been trying to figure out, okay, what is it going to take? You know, now you're three and a half out of eight after Oklahoma City. Uh, did what they did last night. Um, so what's it going to take? Who's Who's got the, the harder schedule? Who? How many wins does it take? And when he pulls this chart out, it all of a sudden hit the two of us that we can kind of try and handicap this thing. And I know that the team is saying we just need to worry about ourselves. And they do. They, they do. do need to worry about themselves. But right. But now that they've put themselves in this position, you start looking over the fence. What is everybody else doing? And the Pelicans need a little bit of help. All right, so with that being said, when you look at now your chart, these four teams with their games remaining, try and handicap this thing. What are you looking at? All right, let's, let's, let's just start with OKC because they're out in front of Phoenix and, and New Orleans, and they have 41 wins. They have 11 games. So let's say even though they're playing well, they just won four in a row all at home. They're about to go on the road and play San Antonio, Utah, Phoenix. Let's say they finish their year at six and five. Okay. That puts them at 47 and 35. All right. So the magic number would be either you can look at 35 in the loss column or you can look at 47 in the win. But let's keep it simple and say 47 wins is what you have to get to. That would mean that Dallas, to stay in front of them, would have to win three out of their next 10. So three and seven. You have to assume they'll, at worst, go 500. That puts them at 50 wins, which is a pretty good season, 50 yeah, and, wins. And they, they have a game at Denver and at Los Angeles, not the Clippers, the Lakers. So there's two right there right. for Dallas down the stretch. So I think they're in good shape, right? Yes, yes. So now you're looking at Phoenix and New Orleans. Okay. So if that magic number is 47 and the Pel- Pelicans stand at 37 wins, they have to go 10-2. and two. But you brought up a great point. Okay. Don't look at they have to go 10-2 and because now you may say, oh, there's no way. Let's look at their next three games and say Houston, Sacramento, uh, Minnesota 
All at home. All at home. And Houston, who comes in, beat up. Patrick Beverly won't play tonight. He's got a wrist thing. They're just now getting Howard back. So they may not be all that great. So let's say they win it tonight, win Sacramento, win Minnesota. Which you better win those next two. Right. Yes. Now, in nine games, seven and two don't doesn't sound that bad. You can go, uh, you know, four and one, five and one. Is that nine? No, no. Four and one, three and one. Right. It doesn't have to be all at once. Right. So that that seven and two sounds like a possibility if you win these next three. The only problem, and I'm the one who tried to frame this positively and saying take care of business, bounce back this week at home, and then then you got to go seven and two. The only problem though is that six of those last nine are on the road. Yes, six of the last nine. Now. You also have to throw Phoenix in the mix, uh, which the Pelicans still have to play Phoenix, which could be a big swing if, let's say, Phoenix all of a sudden gets to 47 wins or whatever. But Phoenix has 38 wins right now. So to get to, to uh, 47 for them, that'd be 9-2. and two. Right. But look at Phoenix's schedule. Just run down the Phoenix schedule the rest of the way, and you tell me if you find nine wins in that list. Sacramento, Portland, OKC, all at home. At Portland, at Golden State, home against Utah, and then the next four will be on the road at Atlanta, at Dallas, at New Orleans, at San Antonio, and then, thank you very much, we'll finish at the Clippers. That'll put a ribbon (laughs) on it, yeah. Ties it up with a bow. Yeah, let's let's get that done. So, Phoenix, I don't think will make it. All right, so here's what – I guess if you're a Pelicans fan, you need this to happen. You need Oklahoma City to win no more than six. If they win more than six, I think it's unrealistic. Right. Right. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an uphill battle now. Right. But if they post more than six, you're done. Yes. Anything less than six – eases the road for you a little bit. And and OKC just played four games at home, one of those wins being uh, against Atlanta, the best team in the East. Uh, they have San Antonio is their next game at San Antonio. That needs to be a loss. Okay. Um, but you're right. It, it, they, if they win more than six, it, the wow factor. This kind of ties up the, the, the conversation that we usually have as a league at the beginning of the season. Right. When they look at the strengths of the conferences, the conversation usually goes like this, and whether it's at the broadcast meetings or coming out of training camp, everybody sits there and says, how many wins do you think it'll take to make the Western Conference playoffs this year? You know, Phoenix had X number of wins last year and didn't get in. Right. How many wins will it take this year? Well, I think what you and I are, I guess, coming to here is that we think it's 47. 47 and 47 you and you're in. Yep. Whether you're New Orleans, Phoenix, or Oklahoma City. 47 is the number. What, what's really a shame, though, is the Pelicans can be at 45 wins, which is 11 games better than last year. A winning record. And finish 10th. Yeah. Could. And, and, and if I may, then you'll have um, – let's see here as I look at the standings in the East. Right now, 6 Seven and eight. The current sixth, seventh, and eighth seeds in the Eastern Conference have losing records. 
Yeah. There will be some gnashing of teeth and wringing of hands for any team that is over 44, 45 wins in the West that doesn't make the playoffs. And, and that's happen. And, and that's what that's where it comes into. Everybody wants you know the the division winners, but even one of those division winners, I think, will finish under five hundred. No, all the division winners are over five hundred. Yes, Atlanta, Cleveland, twenty games over five hundred. Yeah, Chicago, forty three and twenty nine. Yeah, that's everybody. So their division winners will be okay. Okay. So you take all the division winners, and that's is that six teams, and then the, the best ten after that? Oh, if you wanted to do the, kind of one of the new formulas yeah, being proposed? Yeah, like, like everybody's been talking about yeah, this. Keep the, tops, keep the integrity of the divisions. Yeah. So, okay. Division you win winner division, gets in. You're in. And then the top ten records after that. After that, regardless of conference. Correct. That would get the Pelicans in. Yes. Possibly. Yes. No, that would Quite get the Pelicans well. in. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, um, and then if you, you know, my partner, Joel Myers, keeps talking about the Pelicans being in the East, which probably won't happen for another five years. Well, it's, yeah. If it happens at all. So, um, that would change things as well. But you remember, because you were here playing when this franchise was yes. in the Eastern Conference, the yeah. New Orleans franchise. Right. Even though it was the, the Hornets at the time. But anyway. All right, so the next natural step in our conversation would be this. If 47 is the number and you need to go 10-2 and two or 9-3, and three, maybe at worst, um, what do the Pelicans need to do to try and finish this thing out? What's, well, what's got to change from what you saw on the West Coast? Well, uh, one, they got to score. Uh, their last five, they're averaging 92.8. That is not enough to beat Western Conference teams that like to score. And they're playing some teams that are – High-scoring teams. They got another team in here tonight, Houston. They just played the Lakers and Golden State. Those are all top five scoring teams. You have to be able to score with these teams, and they're not scoring the basketball well. Uh, the Pelicans have to get a better pace, push the ball up the floor. Um, the last eight games, they've had 12 or less fast break points. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. So pace of play, offense – has got to be better, and it would help to have some healthy bodies. Healthy bodies. Down the stretch. It looks like the <laughs> the starting five the of the second spring. Tier. <laughs> the second tier starting yeah, five. Still no holiday, <laughs> still no Anderson. Uh, the starting five that we've come to know this spring right. um, will start the homestand intact. Right. Albeit banged up, but everybody is this time of year. Correct. Um, so that's a good, good sign. Yes. Okay. So uh, Tyreek, Gordon – Pondexter, the Osik, yes, and um, the super stud, Anthony Davis, all in the lineup tonight uh, for the Pelicans. And much needed, but again, it can't be just those five. The bench has to get back to where they're producing. They were doing a great job when they went on the five-game win streak. They had kind of some slippage, some lulls to where they weren't bringing it. Mm -hmm. This has to be all hands on deck. Everybody's got to play well. Everybody's got to get their rest. Everybody's got to come with that, that focus. This is the playoffs for the Pelicans right now, and it starts tonight. They have to play at a level each and every night with no slippage uh, if they want to go 9-3, and 10-2. Okay. December 18th, Pelicans win at Houston 
January the 2nd in New Orleans, Pelicans beat the Rockets 111-83. Two minutes to go, the first of which is tonight. What do you like about tonight's game, even with Dwight Howard coming back? I, I, I like it that the, the, the Pelicans have had some success, so they can come in with some confidence, and, and guys uh, can, can come play well. Uh, you know, hopefully Tyree comes in with that mentality uh, that he's going to distribute the basketball when he gets 11-plus assists. The Pelicans are 9-0. and Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Let's go get 11 assists. Uh, they don't need him to score that as much all the time. So you get uh, Gordon some shots, who's shooting the ball really well from downtown, get him some catch and shoots, lean on Anthony Davis. I, I, I like their opportunity to win. Patrick, Like I said, Patrick, Patrick Beverly out. Um, Josh Smith has been playing well, but uh, what's it, Terrence? Terrence Jones. Terrence is out. Jones is out. Yep. So um, it's an opportunity. I, I think this could be a win as long as they come out, start fast, finish hard. Okay. Papa Nicolau is out as well, which yes, uh, which um, hurts me a little bit. I I wanted to say his name about twenty. Papa Nicolau. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you said the players are up in their game. This is a playoff now for the Pelicans. If it's if it hadn't already been. Um, are you doing anything to up your game? Are you in playoff mode? Is there a fresh set of ties? Uh, maybe a little extra polish on the shoes? What's, what, what's well, just, David Wesley doing for this final push here? Well, just for the black and blue report, <laughs> I tape my fingers. Really? Yeah, I, I, I untaped them. I untaped them, but to start it, oh. I taped them to make sure that I was ready to do the show. I untaped them because I said, you know what? I don't need no stinking tape. I'm ready. Just rub a little dirt it's, on it. it. Just rub a little dirt <laughs> on it, and my mental game is sharp. I'm ready to go. You did well so today. for the stretch run, I'm bringing it. You brought it this morning with our chart. Yes. I, I started with the chart because I want to know what it's going to take. Some colors would be good. Some colors? Am I nitpicking a little bit? I think so. I think, I think, I think this is all you need. It's black and white. You kind of write like a girl. It's pretty. Really? <laughs> well, if I did it, you wouldn't be able to read half of it. Well, I wanted to be able to read it. Look, I you, and have... it's and it's big font, so I can right. see it. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know what you need. I don't, it's all there. My father used to tell me, um, "Those who take as long as you did to go to college are usually called doctor." Um, my handwriting would also qualify me it's as a doctor. doctor. Yes. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, on that note, David Wesley and Joel Myers, Jennifer Hale as well, Fox Sports New Orleans tonight or Pelicans Radio Network, Pelicans and Rockets at 7 o'clock. So it begins one at a time, right? Final stretch. <laughs> I, I like that cliche, one at a time, as if you can play them three or four at a time. Yeah, obviously, one there at a time. There are some seasons, and not too far back, that I wish we could play three or four at a time. That's true. That's true. But right one now, at a time is all you can do. You have no choice. You're right. One day at a time, one game at a time. March 25th, we're very much in the conversation still. Yes. That's a good thing. That is a great thing. Yes. As opposed to January, we're not. Take a break. We'll be right back on the Black and Blue Report.
The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Racing fans, you won't want to miss the Professional Drag Racers Association Cajun Nationals Pro Mod at Thunder Road Raceway Park in Gilliam, Louisiana, just outside of Shreveport. This exciting event runs April 30th through May 2nd. For more information, visit www.racetrrp.com. And while in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. For additional things to see and do, visit shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, tonight here at the Smoothie King Center, we've got two guys with probably the most razor wire wrapped around their arms in the NBA. And I'm not talking about ink or tattoos. Uh, James Harden of the Houston Rockets and Tyreek Evans of the New Orleans Pelicans, probably two of the stronger guards that go to the rim and stick those two arms out with that ball and a steel grip. Uh, just waiting for you to hack them and send send them to the free throw line. Should be a lot of fun watching those two uh, later on this evening. Uh, Tyreek Evans is not 100%, but certainly feeling better and is scheduled to go at point guard tonight for the Pelicans. He met with our guys in the locker room uh, right after shoot around this morning. Part the ankle, uh, felt good, so I think I'm going to try to go today. It's your left one, right, Stephen? Yeah. I'm sorry, you said you, you are going to try to get it? Yeah, yeah. Do you still have to see something physically to be able to say you're for sure you're going to play, or right, you just know right now you're going to just give it a go? And... Uh, just now, I'm going to just give it a go, but when I come back uh, for shooting around, I'm going to just um, you know, do a little movement side to side and see how it feels. You know, um, but it felt pretty good just going shoot around again. How much have you... Um, improved since the other day since, since it happened. Uh, I proved a lot. I mean, uh, just pushing off. Um, you know, after the game and uh, after, after, the game, after, the, after the game and um, where was that? Where was we at? Um, I think Phoenix and then I twisted and then went to Golden State. You know, we tried to play. I wasn't. Wasn't the same. Couldn't get the push off the lift I wanted to. So I uh, just set out. You know, I didn't want to make it any worse. Um, but uh, they feel much better than that now. Yeah. Uh, do you feel urgency to play just with the playoff race heating up? And yeah, do you, do you feel definitely with the rest I had um, and the treatment on the ankle, I definitely feel like um, I had a, a good amount of rest and it feels better, you know, just hopefully I don't re-injure it. Can we talk about y'all's mindset? Do you feel like you can't afford to lose a single game down the stretch? Or? Uh, Man, we're not going to be perfect, I don't think, but, I mean, the goal is to take care of home court, you know, you know, just get that out the way and then on the road, you know, just try to get a few games on the road. And Howard's coming back today, and that's kind of grabbed the headlines, so how nice would it be to kind of stifle that? And... Uh, I mean, we're just going to play basketball. We played them with Howard before, I mean, uh, so, uh, you know, they're a good team. You know, they're not a, not a, adapt to each other, so uh, we just got to stick with our game plan and, and do it 48 minutes. You guys beat them twice this year, I think, looking to beat them for the fourth time. So you've had their number. What what have you been able to do to? Uh, we just uh, kept James out of foul uh, and uh, get to the free throw line. Uh, 
we only been to the free throw line, I think, maybe twice against us, you know, in uh, the two games we won. So we just do a good job of keeping our hands up and letting O'Meara and AD just contest high, you know, and, uh, you know, if we do that, then we'll be good. All right, so we'll hope for good things tonight right here at the Smoothie King Center. This is the first of three at home. As you heard David mention earlier, uh, the Pelicans may need to go 10-2 and two, uh, down the stretch to make the playoffs 47. That's the number that we're thinking at the moment. Obviously, uh, we reserve the right to change that. Eh, no, we'll try and stick with that. Hopefully it's 47. Hopefully it's the Pelicans, and hopefully a giant step is taken for this franchise. It all starts tonight. You can't have 10 if you don't get one. So let's get number one here against the Rockets this evening. And then we'll recap tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. It'll be yours tomorrow, a Thursday, anytime afternoon central. We call it No Appointment Radio. Also on the podcast tomorrow, we're going we're gonna to kind of go off the page a little bit. Uh, there's a big event this weekend at the fairgrounds. The Louisiana Derby, I think, is on Saturday. Good weather is expected. We'll talk a little um, Sport of Kings tomorrow. And uh, we'll wrap up our coverage of the NFL owners' meetings uh, with John DeShazer, maybe a little more from head coach Sean Payton. Uh, you never know. Um, go Pelicans tonight. Safe travel to those coming back from Phoenix, Arizona. And you all have a great Wednesday. Enjoy it, and uh, we'll see you right back here tomorrow. We'll be uh, at Studio B, by the way. And so we'll look for you over there at the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly, and until later tonight on the radio, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.